Face podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast. Providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot C-O. And be sure to add our podcast in the How Did You Hear About Podgo section of the application. All right, everybody, welcome to episode 60 of the Fantasy Timeline, a proud member of the Dynasty Addicts Podcast Network. Uh, I normally start this thing by by asking my boy Bill how he's doing, but I, I'm going to change it up a little bit. Bill, congratulations. Uh, I know that you uh, you have a championship or two in your uh, in your humble abode and I know, and to all the all the listeners out there that pulled down their championships, congratulations! You know, uh, if we had any small part, if any one little morsel that came out of this pod helped you out, uh, I know Bill and I are both ecstatic about that. I mean, that's why we do this thing. You know, we want to help people out and kind of share our wisdom and hell, even our mistakes are something that people can learn from. So, uh, so Bill and everyone else listening and watching us live on YouTube and Periscope, congratulations, brother. Yeah, you too, my man. I know you pulled one out, right? I got um, I got me one this year. So Yep. Yep. And it was a it was an okay year for me. Um you know, I think I have twenty dynasty and I won three of them. So Nice. Um, that was pretty solid, especially when I think six or seven of them were orphans or rebuilds, so um, I'm pretty pleased, you know, it was a, it was an okay year and, um, you know, it was a tough year, man. We, we had to struggle every week to figure out what we were going to do. Everybody had to. So just winning any championships is, feels a little more rewarding this year, even though I, I imagine it's probably more lucky this year. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. like, but, but yeah, man, it's nice after you go through it to be able to reap some rewards, I guess. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I agree with you. I think luck probably had a lot more to do with at least the playoff part of it. But I, th- I think there's actually a lot more skill during the regular season because between injuries and COVID and everything, I mean, I think every fantasy manager was constantly trying to figure out their lineup who is there anyone they can pull from the waiver wire do they have to make a trade is some random guy at the end of your bench that you thought you were never going to use have to get into the lineup this week so um i think a lot more skill during the regular season and probably a lot more luck during the uh, during the postseason but uh yeah I, I wanted to send out the cr- congratulations to everyone i know you had a, a couple in your hand and you know, uh, I, I will say that this is probably my least successful year of fantasy since I've started playing, which was 20 years ago. But I actually learned so much this year. So it's kind of like one of those things like, yeah, obviously, I wish 
I was talking about three championships instead of one, but I, I learned so much this year that it's kind of like, you know what, it, it's going to make me better in 2021 when hopefully things are a little bit more even keel and there's not so much uh, upheaval going on in the, in the world. So uh, happy about well, that. And, and to make your, you feel a little better, it's just 2020, right? Like there's just like so much that has gone crazy this year. I'm my uh, OG league from college. Uh, this is the 28th year of it. Uh, one of my buddies won it for the first time. Wow. So, wow. yeah, he's like, oh, my God. Like, I mean, he's a good, like, he wins a bunch of fantasy leagues, like, in different sports. But football, he's just always struggled with us and never won it. So, finally, like, this year, Hepting, good job, buddy. All right. That, that's awesome, man. And, I mean, there's so many cool stories, you know. And I always laugh because I see people uh, on Twitter saying, hey, if this was your first year playing fantasy, if this was your first year playing dynasty, like, give it one more year. Like, it's not, it's not always like this, you know, so. Or 28. Or 28. Give it 28 years. You're going to get one eventually. I mean, uh, Bill, Bill's buddy, he uh, he played the long con on everyone. He, uh, 28 years, but he finally pulled that out. So. Uh, so now he he probably paid for two of those years. So now he's just down twenty six years worth of league fees. So, uh, uh, but no, man, it, it's all good. And, and we're going to talk about. We have a couple of tweets uh, when we go to see what's on the timeline to talk about now what we're going to start doing as we uh, as we heads towards preparing for twenty twenty one, whether it's uh, redraft or dynasty. So it'll be fun. But uh, as we always do, it may have been the last week. For most of us, I know there's probably a couple of people listening that are saying, hey, I got a, a Week 17 championship that I'm and I, uh, All right. Um, I'm, I'm not going to comment because I think everyone knows where everyone pretty much stands on Week 17 championships. So uh, I, I'm not here to uh, belittle anyone about their their Week 17 league choices. But I, I just can't imagine having to deal with it like that. Honestly, like I had actually tweeted today about that, and it's just like all these players that aren't playing this week. Like you have Mahomes all year get you to it, then they win the um, the number one seed, so now he's not going to play, and all of a sudden you might lose because somebody picks up Chad Henney. Like that's just crazy to me. Like you are not only are you dealing with the normal variance of fantasy football. Then you're dealing with the 2020 variants, and then on top of that, you're dealing with week 17 variants. Like, that's just, I mean, you guys are crazy. Like, that's all I got to say. Like, I mean, hey, good on you for doing it. Like, if that's what you enjoy. Like, I'm not trying to, like, piss in a punch bowl, but, like, it's, like, it's truly, like, you're going to work so hard all year just for, like, luck boxing into a championship that final week. It's just crazy to me. I mean, there's there are going to be a lot of uh, Chad Henney versus Mason Rudolph uh, week seventeen finals going at it. You know, people uh, people may be starting uh, John Walford and, and Chris Stevler. You know, the actual you know looks like Rams and Cardinals starting quarterbacks are going against each other, and it's probably going to be guys that have that in, in their week seventeen fantasy lineup. You know. Uh, Get yourself the backup tight end from the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, uh, maybe get yourself Demarcus Robinson from the Chiefs. Uh, it, it's, I mean, 
it's crazy. And, you know, when I first started, there were week 17 championships everywhere. And as I started to get further and further, you know, experienced, you start learning like, man, week 17 is just, you know, and even, you know, like Dalvin Cook, a guy that was supposed to play week 17 and is a stud is now not playing week 17 because of a family emergency. I, I haven't heard what that is actually, but, um, I'm I'm curious if if he would have left if week 17 they were playing to get into the playoffs. I don't know. Obviously, I don't I don't want to speculate because I honestly don't know what the the emergency was. But um, yeah, it's it's kind of crazy. Uh, and as Bill said, you play in week 17 championship. God bless you. And, and our main man Drew, the the third man of the uh, the timeline, said Week 17 can be fun for DFS, not for a season's, season's worth of energy energy and effort. And I'm 100% with Drew on this one, especially in 2020, the energy and effort that you put in to get to a championship. Steve said his father passed away. All right, you know what? I think he would have left no matter what the week, no matter what the position. Uh, that's serious business. So. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, you know, get get your uh, get your Amir Abdullah going. Okay. I mean, uh, who knows? I mean, it's it's. I actually, I I hope it, if you're listening to this and you do have a Week 17 championship, uh, win or lose, send send us those those lineups, man. I just want to see some of the guys that are getting put in there to. Uh, to try to win a championship, it, it, it's probably going to be very interesting. But all right, we we yakety yakked enough about week seventeen and what's going on with that. So uh, so let's let's hit the good, the bad, and the ugly. So uh, you know, Christmas time, Bill. You know, how, how was your Christmas? Was it was it fun? Was it enjoyable? Yeah, it was good. It was uh, pretty uh, pretty uneventful. Not too exciting till the evening. There you go. So I'm not going to ask Bill what his uh, his evening endeavors were, but uh, no, I just talking about the football game. Oh, okay, okay, that, <laughs> that too. Hey, listen, that was that was not enjoyable for me. I was up against Alvin Kamara just scoring touchdowns at will. That that whew, oh, that scared that scared me real bad. But um, you know, we we probably got some some shiny new toys. I think that's going to be our good, the shiny new toys, and then the bad is when you get that pair of socks, and then the ugly is just just coal, just just straight up coal in your stocking because you didn't act right during the year. So, uh, so my shiny new toy of the uh, of week sixteen was Devonte Adams, and you know I, I have a personal stake in this. Devonte Adams is uh, what really put me over the top. He uh, with his eleven receptions, one hundred forty-two yards, and three touchdowns. That snow game, you know, snow scared me, man. I was like, oh, man. And I know Aaron Rodgers performs, and but it's like, God, you know, one slip, one, you know, just it could get messy. They could just go with A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones and just run the hell out of the ball. And the passing game looks kind of like it did the week before where it didn't look that hot. But that didn't happen. Devontae Adams, 11, 142, and 3. Uh, that put me over the top. That's why I put that in my good. Bill, who's your who's your shiny toy of week 16? Well, just to kind of follow up on that Devontae, and this isn't my shiny new toy, but 
um, Aaron Rodgers, like, you know, just was very similar. Like, I was worried. Like, I only needed 13 points from him to win one of my championships. And I was worried because of the snow as well. Like, were they just going to run the ball? You know, were they even going to be able to throw the ball? And I guess the snow wasn't quite as bad as expected. I didn't think, you know, I was expecting a lot more to be on the ground and make it hard, you know, just for guys to run routes and that sort of thing. But, um, yeah, Aaron Rodgers ended up getting that before halftime. So, like, that whole offense was just on fire. And um, But my shiny uh, toy is uh, Alvin Kamara, um, who that's a pretty obvious choice there. I mean, he could have ended up with seven if Taysom Hill didn't uh, uh, hawk one of the touchdowns, like on first and goal at the one or whatever. And uh, was it 22 carries, 155 yards, six touchdowns, uh, three receptions, another 17 yards. So, I mean, he he wrecked fantasy football championships weeks. Um, there weren't a lot of people that came back from that, um, with the exception of my co-host. He was one. So, claim to fame right there, my man. Uh, that I mean, that, there's, and I guess come to find out, you know, later on, we saw a lot of players do some pretty crazy scores which kind of helped teams maybe have the opportunity to come back from that. Um, but still, super impressive because everybody was basically writing off their chances after Kamara putting up, I don't know, what was it, 50-some points or whatever it was. So, I mean, he has to be up there. I was looking to maybe pick somebody else like uh, Stefan Diggs or something because it was on Monday night and probably shifted a ton of results. But, I mean, you can't. Can't scoff at what Alvin Kamara did. No, nah, I mean I, I was I was up against Alvin Kamara, and we were uh, my wife and I and our kids were at uh, my wife's grandparents' house eating Christmas dinner, and you know we're leaving, and I'm like, you know, she's like, well, what's wrong with you? And I said, Alvin Kamara has 66 points. Uh, the league, the league that I'm playing, they have little uh, scoring bonuses and stuff like that, so. He ended up getting 66 in that league. And I said, I'm not going to be able to win. Like, I, I don't have a shot. And my wife is just like, oh, man, I'm really sorry. Like, I'm like, it's sad. what are you going to do? It's fantasy, but I can't believe that, you know, in that league, I was 11 and two during the regular season. You know, I I got the bye. You know, I, I beat a good friend of the show, uh, Sipes, in the first round. Um, he had a really good team. And I said, I, I'm going to lose in, in the finals in a season that, you know, I was pretty much wire to wire, the number one team, because Alvin Kamara got, you know, just went bananas. And, uh, you know, I, I also, in that game, I was playing, I had Drew Brees on my side. Well, Drew Brees didn't have a single touchdown because Alvin Kamara and the one by Taysom Hill, they, they took them all. So, uh it was just like, oh man, like what, what can I do? Throw one, please. And I'm yelling at the TV, just throw the ball. And it didn't, uh, it didn't happen. But um, yeah, I, I came back. You know, guys that we were touting at the beginning of the season, uh, Gio Bernard, uh, Jeff Wilson, uh, the, those guys uh, brought me back. They they put up big numbers, um, and I came back. But I mean, again, that that's how crazy 2020 was. Where you're talking about championship team that that was led by Gio Bernard, Jeff Wilson, 
and one half of Tom Brady, by the way. <laughs> he didn't even get to play in the second half. So, I mean, there are a lot yeah. of guys we could have put as the shiny toy. Because Josh Allen is another one on Monday night that just lit the world on fire. Uh, but, no, obviously Alvin Kamara had to be the choice. I wasn't going to pick him because he almost cost me the championship. But, uh, but yeah, he had to be on there. He was the uh, the MVP of Week 16, at least for fantasy. So, all right, we're gonna we're gonna move to the socks now. The uh, the the bad uh, Chris Carson. You know, that's a guy that was on a lot of rosters. You know, uh, running back two, running back three. Nineteen touches, seventy nine yards. Uh, doesn't look like he's quite looked right since coming back from the injury. I mean, he's put some okay games together, but hasn't really. Uh, flashed, and this was just kind of another week. And it looks like the the Seahawks offense as a whole really hasn't flashed since you know halfway through the season. Uh, uh, Russell Wilson's numbers have been down. Tyler Lockett has been invisible, and even DK Metcalf has really kind of fallen off. So, uh, so yeah, that's my pair of socks, Chris Carson. You're a pair of socks, man. Uh, how about you, Bill? Who's your pair of socks? Yeah, my pair of socks is Chase Edmonds because I think that, like, you know, throughout the week, you know, if there's teams that were doing zero RB or, or a hybrid or something like that, I think that um, he would have been one of the options for somebody to start in a championship game. And he was pretty much questionable the whole week. And then they come out and say, okay, he's going to be playing. So people might have been, you know, falsely confident to play him. And then he ends up going out and just getting you two catches for eight yards. And that could have completely plummeted any chances you had to to win your championship. Um, you know, you got to get points, some points, and 2.8 is not going to do it most of the time. So, um, yeah, I, I, I was trying to look for somebody who, um, maybe a bigger name, but it was hard to come up with somebody who just did piss poor. Um, so, I mean, unfortunately, Chase, you get the title of Socks. Uh, for this episode, yeah, and I'm I'm sure Chase Edmund was was in a few lineups, especially multi flex leagues. You know, a second or third flex. Um, I can see definitely see Chase Edmonds uh, in there. Um, but yeah, Chase Edmonds, you're a pair of socks, man. So uh, we're gonna go. We're gonna end up with the the coal in our stocking. That ugly, ugly coal in our stocking. And uh, my ugly coal is. Dwayne Haskins, uh, you know, he was my ugly last week for being inside the gentleman's establishment with no mask on. I, listen, when you're around strange women, you should always just always have your mask on, man. Just always, you know, just be safe out there. Just it's, wrap it. Just, just just wrap your face in a mask and, and be, be good with it. But, you know, not only does he do that foolishness last week, but then he goes out there and plays a, a complete garbage game. Uh, there was talk about him not being uh, available for the media after the game. And then there was kind of word came out that he was told he didn't have to be made available. Then he made himself available. And I think Washington is just kind of, they're done with the antics. Uh, Ron Rivera didn't draft him. So there's not a, uh, there's not that connection there. Uh, I think they gave him some chances, but Ron Rivera is trying to build a new culture there. He's trying to build a culture of guys, that want to play, that want to do the right thing, that football is their number one priority. And, uh, you know, and, and I think, <laughs> uh, 
and that's it. And that, you know, I think uh, Dwayne Haskins wasn't going to, uh, wasn't going to fit in with that culture that uh, Ron Rivera was trying to build. So uh, I saw something and I don't know if this was a joke or not. I don't know if you saw this as well, Bill, but it looked like uh, I saw something that said Denver was, looked like they were in the lead to sign Haskins. I, I don't know if that, I honestly don't, I saw it quickly on Twitter and I didn't like look into it. I didn't Google it or anything. So I don't know if, uh, if that was just a joke that, that is, you know, Twitter account put up or, but boy, what a, what a combo I mean, that and would then be. Did, did, did you see like, even like when he was pulled and Heineke was out there playing, there was like a timeout or something. And then like Haskins ran out into the middle of the field and like slapped Heineke's hand or something, and like because the announcers were like, "What is he? Are they doing two quarterbacks out there?" And then he, he like ran off the field. It was like the weirdest thing I had seen, and like he's just—I feel like maybe he's—he's he's just so immature, or he lacks so much awareness that like he's gonna have to grow up a lot before he, you know, has a shot with a team. Like I mean. I mean, he is, what, 21, 22 years old. So, I mean, there's time, yeah. but, like, you lose your opportunity at some point. But on to mine. Um, mine is just uh, the the ugly is much more, or the coal is more just what a cluster this NFL has season has been with COVID. And, you know, Cleveland's playing for, potentially a division title and they end up losing their whole wide receiver core and have to start guys that are on the practice squad you know another guy I think they just signed off the street like it was just crazy and I mean you saw like he was targeting the tight ends completely mm-hmm. I mean there might have been five targets all game to wide receivers and you know, that completely destroys any sort of game plan you have going into a game, even though it is against, was it the Jets? But, like, I mean, still, the Jets were playing at least hard, right? And you still got to beat an NFL team, even if they're a bad NFL team. And, you know, you have one arm tied behind your back in a game like that when you lose a whole skill position group. And, you know... I mean, it's not like uh, Mayfield looked fantastic, but he ha- he really had no shot, even if he looked incredible um, for them, even though they only lost by, I think, six. But the like, point being is it, it would have been very difficult um, for them to win against most teams in that situation. So, um, you know, it's just it's just another memory of this, this season and how crazy it's been and, you know, how it can affect truly the teams that make the playoffs. Yeah, and it's funny because uh, someone put out a tweet and it was kind of in a mocking way, but they they made an interesting point. They said the I said they said where the Cleveland Browns went wrong was that they didn't put enough guys on the COVID list, and they were referencing the Baltimore Ravens situation where like twenty of their guys, twenty five of their guys, ended up on the COVID list, and they kept pushing that game back and pushing that game back. And I mean, look at the, a lot of people were, a lot of people didn't believe the 2020 season was going to happen at all. So the fact that not only did it happen, no games were rescheduled to other weeks, you know, it, 
it just shows the commitment the NFL had to make sure that the season went on with as little interruption as possible. But the way I feel like they handled some of these teams, you know, it, it wasn't even across the board. I mean, we look at a team like Baltimore and, you know, they had extra time to try to get guys off the COVID list and extra time. But then a team like the Broncos, it's like, oh, you got to play without a quarterback. Hey, Browns, you got to play without wide receivers. Like, those are the breaks. But it's like, well, why did a team like Baltimore get more and more extra days? You know, why weren't they? Why wasn't it just, hey, you got to play with 30 guys instead of 53 and, you know, figure it out. I mean, Kendall Hinton was, you know, actually, that's not true. He wasn't a starting quarterback because Philip Lindsay took the first snap at quarterback. So he technically, was the starting quarterback for that game. But, you know, they had Kendall Hinton playing quarterback for most of a game. And, I mean, you could bet me a million dollars to name one of the guys at wide receiver for the Browns, and I still couldn't do it because I don't even know who was out there at wide receiver for the Browns. But Marvin Hall. Boom! There you go. You would have won, won that money because I, I couldn't <laughs> have even pulled Marvin Hall, who I did pick up, what, I guess, middle of the season or whenever that was when he was uh, – he might have been a little bit of a thing for the uh, for the Lions, but I mean, yeah. But you know what? We got a whole season. We got sixteen, soon to be seventeen games, and we're gonna have playoffs. And that, I mean, that's gonna be something interesting, though. I mean, what happens if the Chiefs get COVID? Like what during the playoffs? Like, well, like is is Chad Henney gonna be in an AFC Championship game trying to? trying to win one and trying to win to get to the Super Bowl. Like, I mean, we've made it through the regular season, but the NFL season isn't over yet. So it'll be interesting. I hope everybody stays healthy. I just want to see the best go up against the best and, and may the For best sure. team win. But, uh, I mean, we, we can't, we can't just say we're out of the woods yet just because the fantasy season's over. So, uh, that, that will be interesting. But all right, we we talked. We uh, we gave our our shiny toys, our socks, and our coal for this uh, for this post Christmas edition. So now uh, we're gonna do what we do best, and we're gonna talk about what we saw in the timeline. So uh, this first tweet is from Dino MC at Dino MC, and if for some reason if you don't know who that is. That's that's our main man Mitch from the uh, the Dynasty Theory uh, podcast. Uh, all those guys over there, great JB Coach Dan. If for some reason you're not listening to those guys, you know, get on your phone right now. You know, look them up. They have a great pod. But I, I love this tweet that he put out there. He said, "Leaving a league because you hate everyone in it, cool. Leaving a league because you're in too many." Cool. Leaving the league because you don't like the settings? Cool. Leaving a league because you want to? Cool. Leaving a league because your roster is terrible? And then at the end of it, he put a John Taffer from Bar Rescue. It was a gif of him saying, you're weak. And I agree with that. Look, it's the end of the season now. We're evaluating, you know, how many leagues do we want to be in? And this is something I learned this this season. You know, I had uh, you know, my wife and I had our third child in February. 
And I was doing a bunch of leagues with two kids. And I was like, oh, man, I, I got this. Three kids is, you know, it's just one more kid. It's not a big deal. And, boy, I learned that once you become outnumbered, once there's more kids than adults, uh, things really get amped up. And uh, I, I was in too many leagues. I just was. Uh, you know, I, I thought I could handle it, and I couldn't. And, I, you know, actually today I went to all of the uh, all the commissions in the leagues that I knew I was dropping. And I said, Hey, listen, uh, uh, thank you. Thank you for, uh, for running this league. Thank you for making the league fun. Uh, but I'm not going to be back in 2021. And I want to give all those, all those commissions a head start on finding a replacement. Cause I may be the only person that leaves. I may be one of two or three or four that leaves. So I, I want to give them a head start on, uh, on getting a replacement. And one, one commission actually thanked me. He said, hey, I appreciate you doing this so early. Like, it's going to give me a bunch of time to find someone. So, um, yeah, I, I, you know, I did that because I, I realized that, you know, the time commitment for all the leagues I was in was was going to be too much with everything else that I'm already doing with with work and, and family and everything. So I, I, I pared it down. But don't, like, don't draft a team trade off all your assets, trade off all your picks, look at what you've done and then go, Oh man, this is like a, a dumpster fire. I don't feel like dealing with it. You know, I'm out of here. Like don't leave for that reason. Like, you know, obviously there are people out there. They, they hunt orphans that are in crappy situations because they like that challenge. But those guys are hard to find. Like you don't always find a guy like that. And then commissioners are in situations where maybe they have to give someone a free year or kind of work other magic in order to get someone to take your bad team. So don't, don't blow up a team. If you know, you're not going to leave a league, just kind of leave your team as is, you know, keep your picks and at least let the next person have picks to use. If nothing else, what do you think Bill? Yeah. I mean, I have no problem with people leaving for whatever reason. Like as a commissioner, I appreciate when people tell me early, um, like most of my, like when I was doing the uh, allocation of payouts and that sort of thing, I just kind of asked everybody to let me know as soon as possible. Um, the one thing that uh, I think this year is going to be really hard. There's going to be a lot of people leaving because so many t people took those COVID leagues on. And then they're going to regret that they took on so many because it's fun to draft and everybody was bored. So they decided they wanted to get into more leagues. So we're just going to encounter that. So just do do your commissioners a favor and let them know, know as soon as possible. If you want to leave a league, I mean, by all means, do it. Just, you know, let them know. You know, I've had people reach out to me tell me they're leaving already. Um, you know, I'm not going to make a big deal of it. You know, you're going to leave, you're going to leave. I'm not going to make you feel bad about it. You know, that's not my goal, you know. So just, just be as courteous to them. And, um, you know, I've had people reach out to me and give me a whole story, you know, on why they're leaving. And, you know, they felt horrible about leaving. And, you know, some of it was financial just because COVID, their, you know, their money's tight. And, and some people didn't give me an explanation. They just said, I'm going to leave. And, and, you know, both ways are fine. You don't have to, you know, give a full explanation. Just just if you're not just be as courteous as you can and get it done so that they can find somebody because you know in one of my leagues i'm already down three teams uh you know one 
one gave me a d a full, that's actually the two guys the one gave me a great explanation the other guy didn't give me one and then we also had uh james the brain who passed away so like you know i'm already searching for three league owners or you know team owners in that league so it's uh it's gonna be a challenge and i think commissioners are gonna have to they're all gonna be competing for the same pool of people that want to take over an orphan and you know, I took over a few orphans last year, and and I, that was the first time I had done it in like three or four years. So it, it's not like there's always this just large group of people that want to do that. So yeah, just just let them know as quickly as you can. You know, don't put it off, and then all of a sudden in March, you know, they're finding out that you decided you don't want to play. If you're like eighty or ninety percent that you don't want to play right now, you're probably not going to change your mind by March. So you know, just cut bait and you know, give them that time to react. And honestly, uh, in a few of the leagues that I dropped, I knew probably like November that I was like, man, I'm in too many leagues. Like it's just, it's too much of a commitment. Like, you know, I'm going to play out the season. Like I'm always going to put in my best lineups. And obviously if, if someone offers me a trade that just is like, Hey man, you got to take this. Like I'm going to take it. I'm going to leave the team in the best possible situation, but I wasn't out there trying to trade picks, you know, unless somebody was really going to give me a good deal for something, you know, because I I didn't want to leave a team that had, you know, no picks or no, you know, like, you know, I think almost all the teams that I left, they had more picks than, just your standard one per round, you know, even if it was just an extra second or an extra third. And, you know, sometimes that's all it takes when it's a, Hey, like, you know, you're supposed to have four picks in this draft, but you have six, even if it's an extra third and an extra fourth, someone's like, all right, cool. Like I can, I can work with that. Even if the team itself doesn't have a lot of star power. And I know a lot of other pods have said this, but, you know, I commission one league bill commissions, multiple leagues. Most, what's that, eight leagues? God bless you. Um, most commissioners, and, and you're going to know this by being in the league, but most commissioners are really good people. Uh, they're going to they're gonna understand, like, if you come to them and say, hey, like, listen, I'm out for 2021. Like, there's not too many commissioners that are going to, like, browbeat you. And, you know, and honestly, if, if the commissioner does do that, that's a league you don't want to be in anyway. So... Yeah, that I was just gonna jump in and say that. So you're so I'd be happy you did it. Yeah, like, but most you know every commissioner I, I encountered was like, "Hey, man, like it was good having you in the league. I appreciate the you know I appreciate the early heads up." Like most commissioners just want to they want to make their lives as easy as possible, and you telling them as soon as you can makes their life easier because they can go out there, they can go on Twitter, they can go into their group of friends and, and find a replacement as, as quickly as they can. And I'll tell you what, like, as a commissioner, I pretty much expect to lose one team per league on average. You know, I would prefer it to be less, of course. And I think this year we expect probably more, maybe one and a half or two a league. Um, So it's not going to like just people aren't going to be blindsided by you doing it. I think you're putting probably more pressure on yourself, you know, about reaching out to the commissioner than the commissioner cares so you know that's the whole thing like you just gotta just just you know 
don't worry that they're getting get mad. And if they do, that's a bad commish, to be honest with you. Like, that's not somebody I, I truly want to be in their league because they're going to be cranky about everything. I mean, I'm cranky, and I don't even get mad when people leave. So, I mean, I guess, you know, if they're cranky, watch out. Yeah, and I think I think throwing in a new owner or two new owners, I think a lot of commissions like that because then all of a sudden you have this new blood in there and this person is assessing the roster that they have if there's no uh, dispersal draft and they're going, all right, this isn't my team. Like I adopted this team and I want to put, it's like a real NFL team. They want to put their fingerprints on it. They want to make the team their team. They want to get their guys that they like. So there's going to be trading. There's going to be, you know, you're going to have the the rookie draft, you know, and and I, I mean, every time, almost every time that a new guy comes into a league, all of a sudden there's that like influx of trades happening. All of a sudden, it's like, you know, we um in the league I won in the uh, Dynasty HQ one, uh, Swags came in actually during the playoffs, and he was like, hey. I want to give all you playoff teams points. And he traded Alvin Kamara. He traded Derrick Henry. Um, I know he made a couple other trades. And, I mean, things were starting to fly. And people, you know, playoff teams are starting to uh, make trades with him, which is now causing other playoff teams to say, oh, crap, he's loading up. Now I have to load up because if I don't, I'm going to be the one out in the next round. And then they're making trades with other teams. And all of a sudden, the the energy level boosts for a little bit because you have this new blood in there that are, that are trying to do things. And, you know, I, I, I think a lot of commissioners appreciate that because sometimes a league can get a little stagnant. If it's the same guys over and over again, you've kind of knocked on those doors already, but when there's that new guy, you know, you're knocking on his door, like, Hey, you don't like player X. I like player X. Like, who do you like? Let's make a trade. And you know, that, that guy or girl starts making, the team their own. And I, I think uh, commissioners appreciate that. So don't get scared. Just do it. Your commissioner should appreciate you. I won't say will appreciate you, but should appreciate you. So uh, that that's a good one from our man, Mitch there. So the, uh, the next one here kind of on the same vein a little bit, this is from tacos per route run, man, I would, I would be a, a hall of famer if it was tacos per route run. At Thai Chai Latte, uh, being a commissioner myself, I'm fully aware it's a thankless task at times. Where does the community stand on commissioners' fees? And if so, what is the appropriate amount in a non-high-stakes league? Genuinely curious. So, Bill, since I think you are uh, the better and more experienced commissioner out of the two of us, I want you to take this one first. Uh, how do you feel about commissioner fees and what would you think a an appropriate amount or percentage would be for a non-high stakes league so in a typical league where there's not like a lot of stuff that the you know it's just a general basic what you expect to do in a normal league i don't think there needs to be commissioner fees like i'm not i don't feel like like it's work and you know i i'll complain about it from time to time and and that's just part of my process is getting frustrated at times when people don't respond and that sort of thing. And But I also took on that role. So I know that there's going to be some of those headaches. So I don't 
feel like implementing a service for just basic leagues, I don't think that's a good idea. Like, I'm not going to join a league where somebody does it, um, except for, like, Scott Fish or somebody like that, where, like, I know, like, that money's not going anywhere, super trustworthy, you know, he's made a name for himself, he's done everything on the up and up legally, all that kind of stuff, like, I'm cool with that, um, also because I know that there's going to be people who are new that are getting into those leagues because they trust, you know, a service more than they do a random person, which is going to actually make your league maybe a little lighter than other leagues, so it might be easier to win, um, but, if there's something like if I'm doing like a salary cap league and there's a bunch of other stuff I have to do as a commissioner, then that's another story. Like I could see somebody saying, hey, I'm going to be spending X hours per week doing this league for whatever reason. I expect to get my team free or something like that. Like I'm I'm OK with that. Um, and then ultimately it's up to those people that join the league to accept that as part of it. Um, I'm never going to do that probably, but I would say a, a way to kind of circumvent that is if you feel like your commission is doing well. Uh, Josh has said this on previous episodes where it's, you know, send them a thank you, like a $5 gift card or something, a six, a six pack of your local beer, you know, you know, just something right here. Here's a coffee, you know, like Starbucks gift card, you know, something to just let them know that they're appreciated. Like that doesn't, I'll say this right now, that doesn't happen. Like in any of my leagues, nobody has done that. So like, but I'm okay with somebody just saying, Hey, I appreciate the work you do. Like, you know, just fit, validate me a little bit, you know, let me, let me feel like I'm doing okay. And and I don't, I don't want a gift. Like I don't expect a gift. Like I'm playing in a league that I wanted to start up with those rules, and now I'm playing in it. So that's the benefit I get out of it. Yeah, and I'm with you. I, I personally, I, I was a commissioner of redraft leagues for years and years and years, and then I stopped because I didn't want to do it anymore. Uh, mostly for some of the reasons you said. You, you put in that work. You got to wrangle everybody and get them to draft on the same day in a redraft league. And it's like herding cats, but um, yeah, I mean, listen, my thing is if you really think you're going to be doing a lot of work, kind of like what Bill said and all right, mate, but put it, you know, and we stress this all the time. We're talking about being commissioners, put it in your bylaws, put it in writing where it says, Hey, every team is going to pay five bucks that goes to the commissioner, no matter what. And maybe that, maybe that five bucks per team pays for his team and that's all it does, but put it in writing so that everyone has those bylaws and they know like, Hey, all right, this is a $50 league, but $5 is going right to the commission off the top, no matter what. So that there's no confusion, you know, that that's an, and, that's why we always say read those bylaws too. You know, your commission gives them out. You know, don't 
not read them and then go, well, I didn't know you were getting five bucks. Like, I don't think that's fair. Well, if it was in the bylaws, like it's in the bylaws, like everybody gets the same copy that's on you. Uh, you know, I, I always joke about this with Bill because this was a mistake I made. You know, I didn't realize uh, in Superflex Army 2 that uh, we were working with potential points. So I made a trade thinking I was getting a, you know, a high first round pick. And I and it ended up being a middle first round pick, which then the team actually started doing better. And it ended up being a, a lower first round pick. But when he said that to me, I said, oh, that's on me. Like, I, you know. I read the bylaws, but obviously didn't remember that potential points were involved. And I'm not going to get mad at Bill. It's not Bill's fault. He wrote it down. He gave me the bylaws. They were there. I just, you know, didn't remember them. You know, that's on me. That's not on him. And that's why he bailed this offseason. <laughs> no, nah, I'm kidding. He didn't. I did not. I did not bail. I got too many first round picks in Superflex Army 2 to bail. Um, but, uh, but yeah, you know. Put it in writing in your bylaws if you're going to do it. As far as a percentage for a non-high stakes league, that that's hard to put a percentage or an amount because, you know, I almost feel like it has to be a number that you're comfortable writing in your bylaws and that you feel that the people in your league are going to be comfortable paying. I mean, if it, well, if it's a fifty dollar league. If you say 25 is going to the commissioner, well, everyone's probably going to be like, uh, get the hell out of here. But, you know, even $10 might be too much. You know, it might be like you might have to say like $2 from each team goes to and that'll pretty much pay for your team. So that, that that's a tough, you know, that's a tough one to answer because every league is going to be different on that. So... All right, we're going we're gonna to move on here to uh, – this is a good one, Bill. I think we're going to have fun with this one. This is from Parks at FF Parks. David Montgomery finished as the RB6. Where are we taking him in Dynasty Startups? And, <laughs> and Bill, I, I'm really – usually, like, I kind of think I know where you're going to stand on something. And this is one where I honestly have no clue. So I want you to go first because uh, I'm I'm actually really interested in what you have to say about David Montgomery. Uh, I have no idea. Like, <laughs> I mean, so I'll be honest with you. Like, I haven't really prepared for this episode that much. Like, just you know, the uh, you know, so everybody listening knows. So I haven't had a, a lot of time to think about this. So can we maybe play a game where I can kind of go that route you know what let's play a game okay good let's play a game so this is from dlf december adp david montgomery comes in at rb24 so i'm gonna i'm gonna start listing the names above him and you can tell me whether you would take david montgomery or ronald jones david montgomery David Montgomery or Raheem Mostert? Montgomery. What about Chris Carson? Mm. I'd have to look at his contract. Um, if he has another year, it's... it's. Uh... I think he's a free agent this year. Mm. I'd probably go David Montgomery. Kareem Hunt. Ooh. 
I have to go Kareem Hunt. All right. So where you have him, and we'll talk about a couple other names too, but where you have him would be RB21, which is pick 51 in the draft. So in a 12-team league, he would be a high fifth-round pick. Yeah, I'm okay with that. So, well, but there uh, might be some ahead of him that I would take, and some behind him that I would take. You know what I mean? Like it, it actually gets pretty sketchy behind him. I was going to start okay. with some names behind him. Gotcha. I, I'll just list off kind of four or five names right behind him: James Connor, Damian Harris, Kenyon Drake, Zach Moss, Darrell Henderson, Todd Gurley. So those are the six that are immediately behind David Montgomery. And yeah, I, think I, I mean, Montgomery yeah. Over all of them. Yep. my personal opinion. Um, so I, I actually, I had him one pick above you. I would actually take him over Kareem Hunt. Okay. But the, ne- the next pick is uh, Cam Akers at RB19, and I'm, I'm taking Cam Akers all day. That's kind of where my, uh, where I cut off. But yeah, who's uh, above him. Yeah, uh, Joe Mixon, James Robinson, J.K. Dobbins are the yeah, three. Yeah, so we're right in the same range, and it's probably yeah. around QB or RB20, yeah. and and that's okay. Like that, I think that's about right. Like He had literally nobody else competing with him, and, and he looked good at the end of the season, but you have to remember like he was off for a minute, and so teams were – like he just – he got every touch, and he did look better at the end, um, but he was going up against some really, really light matchups. So it's just one of those things like, you know, uh, kudos to uh, Swags. He was bringing that up, like, earlier uh, that he was a good pickup and for playoff teams just because of those matchups, and and that's the case, and, and he just showed it. So it's not like he's... Like, I'm not giving him credit for smashing these bad teams. You know what I mean? So, like, I just can't bump him up because he looked good at the end of the season, I guess is my point. Well, and and I think I think David Montgomery is going to be an interesting exercise in, in kind of startup drafts because, like you said, uh, Tariq Cohen gets injured, and it literally just turns into the David Montgomery show. There's no real backup that he's splitting carries with he's catching the ball on top of that because that's usually Tariq Cohen's role but if the or the Browns oh Jesus the Bears lose to the Packers which I know crazy to think that the Bears could lose to the Packers but if that happens and they don't make the playoffs I'll be curious to see if Matt Nagy stays on as head coach I think if they make the playoffs he will be there for another year but it'll be interesting because they, they got on this win streak and they lose one at the end. Does he get one more year to kind of put it all together? That, that'll that be interesting to see. But if Matt Nagy's out, now we're wondering, all right, well, who's the head coach? You know, who, you know, is it going to be someone who's going to want to commit to giving David Montgomery, you know, 70% of, of the running back touches, you know, 75, 80% of the running back touches. You know, are you going to get a, uh, you know, are you going to get a pass heavy, you know, head coach in there who's going to want to keep Allen Robinson and Darnell Mooney and maybe add a piece to Mitch Trubisky and kind of, you know, 
negate the run a little bit more? Are you going to get a, you know, the Browns hired a guy and they were like, Hey, like this is Stefanski. Like we have two really good running backs, like run them, you know, that's going to be dependent. So yeah, we have them, you know, we have them. I have them at 20, you have them at 21 and that puts them between 48 and 51. So late fourth round to early fifth round pick in, uh, in 12 team leagues. So That'll be interesting to see, you know, I'm sure there are going to be people who get excited and take them in the third and, and some startups. And there are going to be other startups where I'm sure he gets, you know, maybe into the six because people just are not going to believe in David Montgomery. So uh, he's an interesting one, but uh, it was fun playing that little game. And it was fun that we kind of ended up pretty much in the same spot because uh uh, he's someone I think that's going to be uh, polarizing throughout the uh, the non-point scoring season. So, uh, so we got that one, and, and this this is a good one, and this uh, this forces us to take a look at ourselves and uh, and really uh, apologize for the mistakes we've made. This is from fourteen personnel at fourteen p underscore pod. What was your biggest miss this year? And we're going to go position by position, one quarterback, one running back, one wide receiver, and a tight end. Um, all right, so, Bill, why don't you go first at, at QB? Who's your QB that you just – I think my QB would be Daniel Jones. Um, I think that I expected him to maybe take a step up, and it just never happened. And – you know, there could be different reasons for that. Like maybe it's, you know, losing Saquon. Maybe it's the offensive line. It took them a long time to gel. But even after they've kind of looked a little better in the second half of the season, Daniel Jones hasn't. So, like, I, w- I think he might be my biggest miss. Um, I might have to do a little bit more digging, but he's definitely up there. Yeah, I don't, I don't have to do much digging on this one. And, uh, I, I know I was in the majority with this one, but I, I was still wrong. And uh, shout out to John Hogue. He stood on this island by himself, and uh, he took on all comers. Uh, but he my, did indeed. Mine was Aaron Rodgers. Look, uh, we saw what he did in 2019. Uh, he didn't look good, but I, I think the mistake that I made was associating his age with his production instead of maybe associating the fact that He was in a brand new system for the first time. And I mean, God, Mike McCarthy was there for a decade or something like that. So for the first time in like seven to 10 years in a new system, and we just didn't want to attribute growing pains like we would to a lot of other players. We were just like, ah, he's no good anymore. He's old. He can't play. And obviously, you know, maybe he just needed a year to get used to that system. And now obviously we're so we're all seeing what he can do and he looks pretty damn good. And we're all talking about, you know, he's probably going to be a quarterback that gets taken high in startups and super flex startups next year, because we've seen what he can do. So yeah, I mean that, that was my big quarterback mistake. I, I didn't think he had it anymore and uh, I was wrong. So we're going to move on to, Running backs. Uh, who was your running back that uh, that maybe you got wrong, Bill? 
I think it's Kenyon Drake. I, I kind of fell into that trap where you see this running back that does well at the end of the season, and you just expect him to take off from that level. And a lot of times when you see a guy step up and do well at the end of the season, it's just because his legs are fresh compared to the defenses who've been playing all season. And then all of a sudden he's getting all these touches and he just has that burst that those guys don't have anymore. So I think, I think that that was the one I try not to fall into that trap. And I think um, actually in this last episode I did of super flex spurts, um, Michael Finero was telling me, you know, a good thing to do is to write out your thoughts about players right now so that you can go back and refer to those later on in the offseason once so you don't get kind of caught up in groupthink of Twitter or what other podcasts say and that sort of thing. And I because at the end of last year, I was like, don't fall for those guys who popped those running backs that popped at the end of the season. And that's exactly what I did. And, um, you know, I won't be I won't be making that mistake this year. Yeah, that's a good one. I, I actually was I was kind of high on Drake, too. And uh, again, it, it's amazing how our minds work that we will sometimes attribute positive things to one player, but then use that as a negative for another player. And, and just how we have how we we have those internal biases that uh, that kind of bite us in the in the ass. But uh, mine is going to be Raheem Mostert. And look, I understand that Raheem Mostert was injured for uh, parts of this season. But when he was out there and healthy, he was good. Um, I said he couldn't play. You know, he just kind of the same thing. Hey, it was the end of the season. He was beating up on, you know, tired defenses in the you know last few weeks of the season and the playoff push. And, you know, he's not really that good. And then week one comes around and he's busting off, you know, 75-yard touchdowns and he's running like 21 miles an hour. And, He's just, you know, he's just kind of killing people. And injuries derailed this season this year. And, you know, I don't know what his 2021 is going to look like because, you know, they not only have Raheem Mostert, but they have Jeff Wilson. They have uh, Tevin Coleman. They have Jarek McKinnon. They have so many running backs that can do something. So I don't know what Raheem Mostert will be in 2021, but I know when he was healthy in 2020, he was a very good running back that I did not give enough credit to so um all right wide receivers uh who do you have who's your wide receiver that you just missed on so this is just there's two different ones here so i'm just going to say both of them um one of them was just the premise that wide receivers changing teams aren't going to do well to start off just learning the offensive system all that kind of stuff I think if you're an elite wide receiver, you're just an elite wide receiver, right? Like maybe that premise holds true with like those lesser wide receivers. Uh, But I don't think like guys like Diggs and Hopkins, you know, I don't think those rules hold true for those guys. Um, The other one is Will Fuller. Um, You know, when he is healthy, man, that guy is a stud. And especially losing Hopkins, I mean, he was... You know, he ended up being the go-to guy for uh, for Houston, and and so you know that's another one. Like maybe maybe it's okay taking these injury you know prone guys 
reap the rewards for those games that they actually do play. And then, you know, if they're out, they're out. But at least you're getting those big, you know, those big games when they are in. And so there, there's some things I need to kind of think about and how I'm going to, like, evaluate these wide receivers going into next year for sure. Yeah, and, and you kind of stole um, one of mine. My my big one was... Well, top. I took half the bleeping <laughs> league. Uh, what, one of mine was, was DeAndre Hopkins. And it's funny, I still remember this... Uh, this was a week or two before the season started and we got a tweet asking, you know, why do people hate DeAndre with the cards? And, you know, I, I did say, you know, people don't hate DeAndre. They're just worried about the fact that he's moving to a new team. And not only is he moving to a new team, but he's moving to a team where there were two wide receivers that had a hundred or more targets. Whereas when he was on the Texans, you know, it had been, I think, five or six years since there was another wide receiver that had had 100 targets. So, you know, it was just kind of like things are going to be split up. The ball is going to be spread around. Cliff Kingsbury likes running, you know, 14 wide receivers on the field at a time. Like, it's not going to just be like Hopkins, Hopkins, Hopkins. I was wrong. Like, they had that guy and they used that guy. And, and by the way, the way he should be used, I mean, they didn't do anything wrong by targeting the hell out of him because he is that player. He's that he's the Devontae Adams, the guy, you know, we always say like, hey, this guy's really good. Why don't they give him more targets? Well, like good teams, they give those guys all the targets because they're those guys. Like, um, so uh all right, this one's from Steve Dennis. Do you have cooks anywhere? Are you moving him no matter what this offseason? What's a fair get? So on the one championship team that I had this offseason, uh, Brandon Cooks was on that team, and he was in my starting lineup for the championship. Um, am I moving him no matter what? No, because, I mean, if someone's like, hey, I'll give you a third for Brandon Cooks, like, you can get out of here with that. Like, I'm not worried about Brandon Cooks, um, you know. I'm not moving Brandon Cooks just for any old offer that comes down the pike. Now, obviously, if I get a good one, like every other player, he gone. But, um, you know, what's a fair get? I mean, I, I would probably say like a high second. I mean, would probably be, I think, a fair get. Uh, Bill, what about you? What do you think? I think that uh, I'm okay holding on to Cooks. I mean, I'm not sure what you're really getting for him. I imagine that probably going rate is like a high second. Um, I just don't know like what you're going to get there. Like, I mean, if you're in a rebuild, sure, I'll, I'll do that. Um, but I think he is kind of like the wide receiver 1B. Um, and then taking into account the injury issues with uh, Fuller, like, I'm okay keeping him in there. I mean, he's had some, you know, pretty big games at times this year. So, um, yeah, I'm cool holding on to him in the leagues I have him if I'm still a contender. Um, so, no, I mean, it's not a no matter what moving him. Um, it looks like he still has a couple years, three years on his contract. It is They could cut him without much um, of an issue this year. But... Um, I mean, he seems to do well everywhere he plays. So, I mean, it's just it's it's, it's not a huge concern for me, I don't think, um, just based on his price. And just just an FYI, 
Will Fuller is a free agent. So if he doesn't yeah. re-sign with the Texans, they either have to spend money to bring in a free agent or I mean they don't have a they don't have a draft pick to the third round. So I mean you're bringing in a, a late day 2 or day 3 guy. I mean does that scare you off of Cooks? Probably not. So yeah, I mean I don't I don't see the reason to move him no matter what. Now if you told me that uh you know reports are coming out that he's you know fighting with Romeo Cornell and he's acting the fool then yeah maybe you do want to get him out of there but he seems to have just played well and and you know kind of I think Bill nailed it you know he's kind of that 1B to uh Will Fuller's 1A but if Will Fuller doesn't resign I mean he's probably the 1A and the 1B because I mean you're talking at that point about Kiki Kuti and Chad Hansen and maybe a third or fourth or fifth round wide receiver that they bring in. I mean, the, uh, the options aren't exactly uh, popping off the page for that one. So yeah, that's a good question, Steve. Uh, if you can get a, you can get a high second form, definitely, you know, turn them over. But if people are offering you late seconds or even mid seconds, I don't think, I, I don't think I'm doing that. I think I'm keeping them around. And even if you're a rebuild, I mean, Bill mentioned a rebuild. At that point, if you're not getting a high second, let them play the first three weeks of the season and ball out and then ship them off to a contender for for something. I mean, that's what that's the way you do, you know, really put in a good rebuild is kind of trading those guys during the season. Because right now, I mean, Brandon Cook's probably, you know, his value elevated to, you know, probably week six or week seven. First couple of weeks he was terrible. People were trying to get rid of him for pennies on the dollar, but then he kind of he kind of peaked, and then he kind of had some ups and downs, and now it's kind of like, well, he's not doing anything, and he's you know, he's probably only like twenty seven, but people are going to say he's like fifty five, you know. So uh, the value is being depressed right now as we all start thinking about rookies. So nah, keep him around unless you get that that high second and move him then if you get it. But um, all right, let's let's hit our our tight end misses and. And then I think we uh, we got one more thing after that. So who was your tight end miss, uh, Bill? Uh, I think Tyler Higby might have been my my tight end miss, and that's also goes back to the Kenyon Drake Drake issue. Like Higby went nuts at the end of the season, and you know that offense isn't built to like target one guy, and and they're always doing matchups, that sort of thing, and just guys going to get a bunch of targets in a particular game. Well, at the end of last season, Higby got a ton of those. So, like, I just kind of fell for all of those targets he got. And, um, you know, he disappointed over the season just because, uh, again, me overvaluing late season production when I shouldn't. Yeah, and uh, my tight end miss was pretty much Everyone who wasn't in the top three. Um, I went in with a strategy this year in startups where I said, I'm going to fade the tight end and then I'm going to pick up a bunch of, you know, John Smith's and I'm going to pick up a bunch of Gerald Everett's and I'm going to pick up Hayden Hurst's and I'm going to pick up, you know, all of these guys and I'm just going to like kind of piecemeal the tight end. And I mean, you you had your pretty much your big three. You had your your Kelsey, 
your Kittle when he was healthy and your Waller, and then everyone else was, you know, was really hit or miss, you know, even like Dallas Goddard had a few good games and he was a big name that people are kind of naming the next up and comer. And, you know, Ian Thomas was another one of those guys that I took in places. I was like, ah, you know, he could be good, you know, throw, throw him on the pile. And, you know, tight end is a crazy position because it's, you know, if you're not getting one of those top three guys, you really kind of, you really got to figure something out and you really have to either be lucky or be that person that kind of spots the next Waller or the next Kittle before they become that guy and draft them. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to, I'm pretty much going to say all of the young tight ends that I thought were going to be good were my mistake. There you go. Um, before you get to that last part, um, Mm -hmm. that you were going to announce, let me do my one vent. Um, and then I'll have one other thing after you do your announcement. But, um, my vent is, I have seen in so many of my leagues, like Tuesday, after so the gate the league ended went Monday night. Everybody's asking where their money is already to the commissioner, and I have seen that more this off season than I have seen probably in the last three seasons combined. Like, give your commissioner a second to breathe. Like, I get it. You just spent a bunch of money at Christmas or or money's tight. But, like, give give your commissioner one second. Like, it just, it just felt like everybody was on commissioners this year. Like, I saw it on Twitter. I saw it in my chats for my leagues, not just the ones I commish. Like, I'm just talking about all of them. It was just, it was unbelievable to me how much, like, everybody wanted that money, like, immediately. And it, it just seemed like... It just put more pressure on commissioners this year than I've seen in, in recent years. Yeah, and actually it, in the bylaws of the league I run, I, I actually have a sentence about that. I say you'll get paid within a week. And that gives me time to decompress because guess what? Not only do I run that one league, I play in a bunch of leagues. So, you know, I, I had a championship push, but I'm also like I'm fielding trade requests in leagues that I'm not a contender, you know, the contenders are trying to get guys off of me and I'm trying to figure that stuff out. And I do have a family and I do have a job. (laughs) It's like, there's a lot of other things besides fantasy football that go on in my life. So I had one person in the league that I, um, that I run, he DM'd me and he was really cool. He said, Hey, just want to know when you're doing it because, um, safe leagues charges me a fee when I pull the money out. So I want to pull it all out at once. And I was like, oh, man, I totally get that. Like, um, I actually told him he, he uh, damned me today. And I actually told him I was going to do it tomorrow because I had plans during my lunch break that ended up falling through. So I was like, well, since my my uh, my plans fell through and I'm sitting in front of a computer, let me just uh, get this money dispersed out. So um, I did it today. But, yeah, it's in my bylaws. I said, look, you'll get your money within a week. Like, give give me a couple days to, you know. I, I was still I was still pretty hyper on Monday because I actually I actually won my championship on Sunday. Neither one of us had anyone in the Monday night game. So I was still really hyper on Monday about about my win. So uh I wasn't even thinking about uh anyone getting their money. I was just thinking about gloating about a win. So um yeah, I'm with you and I get it, you know, 
this is a strange year with COVID. I'm sure a lot of people, you know, that money could come in handy, you know, and they could, uh, they could use it, but you, you know, you got to understand too, that your commission is, is a human being, just like you are, you know, they got things going on in their lives, you know, and, uh, you know, I always say, give it a week. You know, if you don't hear anything, if your commission doesn't even say, Hey, like, I'm going to get this to you on the weekend after a week goes by, then I think, I think you have a right to respectfully DM or reach out to your, to your commission, say, Hey, like, I just want to know when you plan on dispersing the money, you know, and, and, you know, the person who asked me was very respectful, very nice about it. Be that person. Don't be the person who's like, Hey, where the F is my money. It's been a week. Like what's going on? Are you trying to steal from me? Like, don't be that guy. Like, don't be that girl. Like, just ask nicely, you know, and, and, uh, you know, again, most commissioners, if you're playing with the right commissioners, we'll get you your money in a timely fashion and we'll, you know, we'll at least communicate what's going on with the money. So, um, all right. So, uh, so I think that's, that's the end of what we got. So, uh, so Bill, did you want to go over your uh, your piece of business first, or how do you? No, want to do why don't you do that business? Because mine's just more of a thank you. Okay. So, uh, shout out. So, congrats to Larry Monkey. He won the Fantasy Timeline Eliminator. Woo woo! Uh, former guest of the show, uh, current friend of the show. Uh, that that Timeline Eliminator man. We had so much fun during the draft process. We were selling our picks and raising money for charity, which was so freaking awesome. Uh, the I, I was actually on, on Larry's pod, the, the Dynasty Hot Sauce pod, and he said he's in a bunch of eliminators, and he said that chat by far was the most active. It was like always going, you know, and during the draft, everybody was talking. Gifts were being put in there. Memes were being put in there. I mean, it was just a really good time during the draft. And then that thing still stayed uh, pretty lit throughout the season. So, uh, so yeah, uh, Larry, congratulations. Thank you to everybody who was in that, by the way, raising money for Fantasy Cares and then just raising money for all the different charities. And we spoke about this during uh, the beginning of the regular season that, uh, that we did by selling off our picks. That was awesome. I'm sure we're going to do it again next year when that uh, when that time comes around, and probably uh, we'll probably just make it a habit of selling our picks and, and trying to raise more money for charity. Um, but yeah, congrats, Larry. Uh, I may have beat you in HQ one, but you won the fantasy timeline eliminator, so at least at least you got one over on us. Uh, so, all right, Bill, who who you thanking, man? Yeah, so. Larry, member of the FTC, the Fantasy Timeline Chat. Um, you know, we uh, we started out, uh, Josh and I, um, you know, last year, two dudes that really had no clue how to do a podcast. Then this Eliminator started, and, um, you know, the chat in there was just fire. And so we decided to start this Fantasy Timeline Chat, and it's just such a great group of people and i just wanted to give everybody a shout out you know the, that are members of that you know it's just uh we got lindsey kennedy steve dennis who are in our chat right now um 
you know, everybody just talks about everything, whether it's fantasy football or just random stuff about life. Uh, Lindsay actually offered everybody in our chat for her to make um, bracelets for um, for people for gifts, and she just wanted to do it. Well, my dumbass didn't read the whole thing, so I shoot her a note and I ask her to make seven of them. You know, for a friend, you know, for just like my, I go to music festivals and I wanted these, uh, you know, bracelets are part of the, you know, culture. And so I end up like asking her to make seven of them, expecting to pay, but she's talking about gifting them and she didn't charge me one red cent. And I just got them in the mail today. I haven't even opened the box yet. Um, so big shout out to Lindsay. Thank you so much. Uh, that was so kind of you and just super uh, generous. And uh, I can't wait to give them to my people. And, you know, the timeline ha has an international flavor. You know, we Jerry O'Shea sometimes pops in here at like two o'clock in the morning, his time in Ireland. I don't know how he does it, um, but he but he comes on and he he, he says, hey, man. Uh, great show, listens for a little bit and then goes, all right, I'm going back to bed or I got to get ready for work or whatever he's doing um, in Ireland. But uh, Lindsay Kennedy, one of Canada's finest, you know, we, we're not just, uh, we're not just overseas. We, we keep it in North America too. Uh, and Steve. And Steve, uh, you know, some of Canada's finest right there. And, you know, the, the joke, you know, especially in the States here is that, uh, you know, Canadians are super nice and they, you know, they don't know. I mean, they kind of embody that. They're, you know, they're always on the timeline chat. It's never negativity with them. It's always, you know, it's always niceness. And, and they're funny, too. Like, they're funny as hell. Like, if anyone says that Canadians don't have a sense of humor, uh, you got to go hook up with Steve and Lindsay because they're talking about, you know, people dressing, uh, in men dressing in skirts and, all kinds of crazy, you know, I call it Canadian shit, but, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, but no, man, they're, they're, they're good people. And, and as we always say, you know, if you, if you want to be a part of that, just hit up the show handle at fantasy timeline, say, Hey, I want to be in that fantasy timeline chat because, uh, we're going to be doing something in the next few weeks that the, uh, the people in the timeline chat have already heard about. And, uh, if you're not a part of that, you probably don't know what it is. So they know you don't, but if you want to know, jump in and let us know. So, uh, on that note, we want to, uh, we want to thank everybody who was in the chat. I mean, chat was lit. Lindsay was in Steve Dennis was in, they always keep it popping. They always have good questions, good comments. Uh, they make us laugh. Sometimes we're trying to get, uh, salient points across and uh you know they say something and we're like oh wait what did i just read on the side here so uh you know they they always keep us on our toes but um you know thank thanks to them and thanks for everybody else who was watching even if you didn't drop a comment in we appreciate all you guys uh remember to uh if you're watching us on youtube hit the subscribe hit the like do all that good stuff so that uh you can always uh, find out when we're coming on and what we'll be doing. If you're listening to us on pod, it's an hour and 18 minutes into this thing. You could have been doing anything else. Uh, preparing for New Year's, which is in a couple of days. I can't believe that. Um, but, uh, 
yeah, New Year's Eve is tomorrow. New Year's Day is Friday. You could be, you know, buying your your champagne and you know, socially distancing and your masks and marking off boxes or whatever. However, you're doing your party. I don't know what people are doing. I'm at home with my kids, so I don't know. I don't know what the youths are doing. Whoop, whoop. Yeah. So, um, but no, appreciate you listening to us. Uh, you could be doing literally anything li- and listening to other pods. Let's face it; like we're not the only only pod in town. So we appreciate you spending your time with us, and uh, you know, remember to rate, review, and uh, subscribe because that gets us out there. That lets other people see who we are and what we're doing, and maybe get one more pair of ears to listen. So on that note, Bill, I think we are out of here. Late. Happy New Year. Happy New Year.